What has happened to a nation that used to fear the Lord? To a people whose foundation was built upon God's word. We've allowed the world's opinion to chart a different way. But it's time the church of Jesus Christ should boldly stand and say, God's word will stand against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans. God's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men God's word will stand you can take it from the courthouse walls remove it from the schools teach our children that we're animals speak against the golden rule try and hide our christian heritage from the public eye but they'll never overcome god's word no matter how they try god's word will stand against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans god's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men god's word will stand it is forever settled to evermore endure it's the only way a sinner's heart could ever be made pure. God's word will stand against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans. God's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men god's word will stand god's word will stand god's word will stand Amen. God's word will stand. Isn't that good? I like that. Boy, I tell you what, those fellows are doing a good job, aren't they? They're doing a good job. Well, it's uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 is where we're going to start. And uh, then we're going to take just a few minutes and cover some ground kind of quick tonight. But um, Genesis chapter 1, that first verse, you probably know it by heart anyway. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And uh, I want to just focus, I do think it's interesting, maybe you can check it out sometime, notice that it's not heavens there, okay, just whenever you get a chance, notice that. And then later on you'll see that there are heavens, 
But anyway, just uh, notice it says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And I just wanted to begin with that phrase, in the beginning, because you know what, tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about a new beginning. In this particular situation, God has begun something, something wonderful and something that we are still benefiting from today, obviously, as believers and as just human beings. He created the universe, He created the world, and He created you and I, and here we are today in 2019, just hours away from the new year, and yet it's all because of a beginning. Well, you know what? In our lives, as we close down 2019, there may be a few things that we need to, uh, as we enter into 2020, begin, if you know what I mean, some new beginnings. And so I wanted to, first of all, focus on that topic, but I want to share just a couple of things tonight. Uh, First of all, uh, in the Bible, there are really uh, three really major new beginnings that I see, and there are a number of others. Don't misunderstand me, but I want to focus on three of them very quickly, actually quickly, and then move to really where I want to get to and try to make an application and just try to encourage us as we do take that step into the next, uh, the next, well, the next decade, really. And so let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer, and then I'll just share a couple thoughts. We'll move forward. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for these that made their way to Community Baptist tonight. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful for your grace and mercy in our life. We're thankful that you've given us a year of life. Lord, we're not sure where we'll be next year at this time, but what we do know is we're here tonight. May you use this service to be a blessing and a help to us. May you just encourage us from the Word of God. Now, Father, we love you now, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, when I think about some new beginnings, I can't help but think of the flood. Take your Bible, look over Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Genesis 6, 5, the flood. We're going to just hit this quickly, but we're going to do a little bit of a Bible study along the way here for just a few moments. But chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, notice what the Bible says. It says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man of the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man of whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowl of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know the circumstances here. You understand and remember how in the world at that point God was upset with mankind because of the sin that had crept into their lives and ultimately corrupted the world itself. And now we have here one man and his family who God will ultimately place on an ark, protect, and as we'll see in just a moment, begin some new things. Genesis chapter 7 verses 1 through 4 says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Boy, how important it is that we remain pure and clean in a wicked, vile, wretched culture and world. Boy, I tell you what, God's looking for some men and women who will remain clean even though the rest of the world may be going into darkness. He says, of every clean beast thou shalt take thee uh, uh, by sevens. And the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. 
Boy, what a horrible situation. God feels the need to utterly destroy that which he has created. He repented of the fact that he had made man. Wow, that's sad, isn't it? And in Genesis chapter 8, turn there, would you please? Genesis chapter 8, verse 15. Notice what we read there. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of, the, of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And notice now, notice this new beginning. Notice the new beginning. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kind went forth out of the ark. A new beginning. A new beginning. Wow. The flood. As we look back on the flood, we see a new beginning. Notice another one. The soul. The soul. If you've not had a new beginning in your soul, then my friend, you're lost and headed to hell. Turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Again, we're moving quickly because I just this is all preliminary. I'm just trying to set the stage. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Once you get there, you'll go, man, I didn't need to turn there. I already know that verse. I've memorized it. Do you know what the new... Uh, uh, all these new um, gadgets and stuff are doing, in my opinion, they're causing me to have a difficult, at least for me, they cause me to have a difficult time remembering where the passage is. I find myself thinking, why do I need to worry about where the passage is? All I need to do is get on my note, and it's, all I need to do is get on my little tablet or my phone or my computer program and type in a few of those words I know, and boom, there it is. The only problem is, what if I get thrown in prison one day for preaching the gospel? What am I going to do then? Even if I got a Bible in my hand, I couldn't use it. But we've got to remember where those verses are too, don't we? Notice 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Many have tried to say that that word creature could be even new creation in that element or that sense. And it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm convinced 100% that creature is the right word because that's exactly what it ought to be. But I do believe that we understand the idea that there's a creation that takes place here, a new creation. What that which was old is now new, it's changed. Ephesians 5, 8, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, he says. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, for they themselves shew of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Well, when a child uh, or a person gets saved, it's a new beginning. That old man is gone, the new man's in. And I'll tell you what, do we see here with the soul, there's a new beginning. I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with some new beginnings. We see the flood, we note the soul. But I want you to notice the universe. Even the universe, there's going to be a diametric change that takes place. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. Now we can take the moment, for I'm going to read as you're turning to chapter 20. But the Bible tells us over there in Revelation 11 that I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it and whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great stand before God. 
And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we have a judgment that's taking place. We know that we've had the church age. We understand that the tribulation, seven years, has transpired and taken place. We know that the Lord Jesus in chapter 19 of Revelation has returned. And now we've seen, as a result of that, Satan locked up and bound and a thousand-year millennium kicks off in which Jesus Christ rules and reigns on the throne of David. Then at the end of that thousand years, of course, we note that Satan himself is loosed. and He goes about deceiving the nations again. Again, they attack the Lord and they seek to destroy his people. But in the end, we know that God, once again, with simply his words, wipes out the enemy. Now we have a great white throne that's taking place. There's a judgment that's transpiring taking place here. But notice what happens after this great white throne judgment or even simultaneously as it's taking place. Notice what it says now in chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Yes, I want to go there. Chapter 21, I'm sorry. Chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now again, notice that something's taking place. There's a new beginning here. That, that, notice, a new heaven and a new earth. What we'll find is if you go through Scripture, you're going to see not only a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. You'll see a new people, a new body, all things new even. In Revelation 21, 5, the Bible says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Well, I'll tell you what, we have a new beginning now. This world we live in, new. The universe will be cleansed of all sin. Everything, all things will be new. So early on in the Bible, we notice in, chapter, in Genesis, the flood. We see that there was an old world, a sinful world, a corrupt world, gone. And a new one begun. A new beginning. A new beginning. But here's something I want you to think about, and I want you to realize this. In each case, a new beginning means an end to something else. Every time there's a new beginning, there's an end to something. So in this case, the new world after the flood meant that the old world had to go. The new man after salvation meant that the old man had to go. The new heaven and the new earth meant that the old heaven and the old earth had to go. In every single case, when there's a new beginning, something had to go. And I think it's important to remember that. See, each of us has some things, or each of us needs some new beginnings in our life. But in order to experience a new beginning, the old has to go. And that's something that we struggle with at times. We often say, as I mentioned just a moment ago, out with the old and in with the new. Well, in order to have the new come in, you got to get rid of the old. It's like taking a, a glass of, of say, uh, uh, water and trying to fill it with Coca-Cola. It's not going to do a whole lot of good. You've got to empty the water out before you put the Coca-Cola in or vice versa. Out with the old, in with the new. And in our Christian lives and in our lives as believers, we have to remember that God intends us to, to have some new beginnings because we're not always doing everything the way we ought to. There's always areas that we can improve. 
There are always things that we can do differently. And if that's the case, then there needs to be some new beginnings. But my friend, I want you to understand, there can be no new beginnings until we're out with the old. So let me ask you, what needs to go in your life? As we come to the conclusion of 2019, is there something that needs to go? Because if there's something that needs to go, there's probably something else that needs to take its place. A new beginning. See, we often think of things in the negative. What needs to go? Then there needs to be something new. But may I say, why don't we ask ourselves, what is it that we want in the Christian life? What is it that we desire for our, for our walk with the Lord? Is there anything that we, real, that we believe would make us better for God? If that's the case and there's something that we're not doing, then that means something else is going to have to go. You know why most people don't go forward in their Christian life? Because they're unwilling to let go of the old things. See, that's why we struggle in our Christian lives. Why is it that we don't spend our time doing better things? Because we like just doing the good things. That's enough for us. We don't, we're comfortable doing what we're doing now. We don't want to let go of certain things, so we go hold on to them. You can't have a new beginning. You can't have something else till you get rid of that which you have. You know, if I got both hands full and I'm holding, say, uh, uh, two uh, uh, say bottles of water, I got one in this hand, I got a mic in this hand, it's going to be hard for me to grab anything else. You got to finally, sooner or later, do away with the one if you want to have room for another. And that's exactly what we have to do in the Christian life. Boy, God had to get rid of the old earth, the old world, if you will, in order to have a new one. He had to get rid of the, he has to get rid of that old man, we're going to have the new man. You got to get rid of that, that uh, the old uh, universe, if you ever going to get a new one, so to speak. There has to be the willingness to let go. If you take a calendar and you look at a calendar, you'd see that it has January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Now, what starts that year? January does. You know what that is? A new beginning. A new beginning. You know, one of the things that the Apostle Paul tells us, turn if you would over to um, Ephesians chapter 3. I wasn't planning on going here, but let me, let me just look at this. Let's take a note, just look at this for just a moment. I'm doing it again. I did this just a while ago, too. Make it Philippians chapter 3. I, I almost got caught that time, but fortunately I've been thinking about the... Uh, References. I remembered. Here it is now, Philippians chapter 3. The Lord, the Lord of course, is uh, utilizing the Apostle Paul, right? And he's speaking through him and to uh, the, the church at uh, Philippi. And uh, he's using him as an instrument. And he says to them, he says, Now, as though I had already, not as though I'd already attained, verse 12, in chapter 3, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I don't have time to go into it. Maybe I'll teach a series that I just recently taught, the singles, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But it's interesting how God apprehended the Apostle Paul, which means to seize him, to seize him for a purpose so that he could see something else. He was apprehended so that he could apprehend that for which he was apprehended. We don't have time to go into it. But notice he goes on in verse 13 to say, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. 
in this case, to have obtained, to, to, to reach that particular goal. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, do you see that? That's usually where we stop. Forgetting those things which are behind, that's where we stop. We, we like that part, right? You know, I had uh, somebody got in my case, somebody treated me bad, some situations transpired. Man, I had a bad financial year. I had, I had all kind of problems in the year 2019. Man, don't look back. Just don't look back. Don't look back. And we like to stop there, but it doesn't stop there here in the passage. Notice what the Bible says. It goes on to say here, he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. There's an active aspect to this. We're reaching forward. We're going forward. We're not just not looking back anymore, but we're going forward. See, with, with anything, anytime there's a new beginning, there has to be something that is done away with. When you're going to do away with your past, you've got to put something else in it then. Boy, Christian, we are sad people when we fail to recognize the fact that God didn't save us simply to be saved. He saved us to serve Him and to do something positive. If you're sitting out there and you're unwilling to be involved in the house of God and the work of God, my friend, you are a miserable pup and you are no more spiritual than the man on the moon. Because that is not why God created you, so that you could sit around and prove to everybody how spiritual you are. You're to do something on God's behalf. It is time to wake the sleeping people of God up and do something for God. It's time to have some new beginnings in our life. Boy, let's get started doing something. But if you're going to do you know why we don't? Because we don't want to have to do away with something. You know why the drunkard doesn't want to get saved? He doesn't want to give up something. You know why the sinner doesn't often come to Christ? Because they don't want to give up their sin. Because, see, a new beginning demands and requires that they get rid of something. You want to know why Christians don't want to serve God? Because they don't want to get rid of something. They want to do away with something. Well, that'd mean I'd have to sacrifice something. I mean, I'd have to actually spend time praying and reading my Bible or studying. And if I taught a Sunday school lesson, that would mean I'd actually have to prepare through the week. And right now, I just don't have time. No, you don't want to make time. Oh, who are we kidding, right? If somebody's got an attitude like that, now somebody may be saying, well, God couldn't use me. You don't understand my situation. I'm just, I'm, I just really have no ability to do that. And you know what? I understand. I understand where you're going with that. And you know what? Sometimes that's a problem. And you know what? You need to realize God can do with you what you never dreamed possible. And then, of course, there are other times in our lives when we just can't do what we'd like to do. There are some times we wish we could do more and we just can't do it. Let me tell you, if you're able and you, you won't, there'll be a time when you want and you can't. There'll be a time when you want to and you can't. You know how many people have told me that, are, that have cancer or that I've dealt with and, and, and visited that said, boy, preacher, I just wish I could come to church. And I thought, I wish you'd have came to church when you could have. You say, you tell them that? No, I don't say that at that point. But I think it sometimes... Isn't it sad to think about somebody that could have taught or somebody could have helped in a bus route or somebody could have impacted the life of a youngster or an adult, somebody that could have sang, that has a beautiful voice, that could have sang for Jesus, but instead they choose to sing for the world, somebody that doesn't want to live for God now, but then all of a sudden something happens in their life and they can't get to church and they go, boy, I just wish I could come to church. I think to myself, well, you could have all those years. Why didn't you now? Why didn't you then? I wonder if you got your health back, if you'd still follow through, though. 
I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't always believe they would. Matter of fact, I've had a few that have gotten off that bed and have walked out back into life, and guess what? I didn't see them. Why not? I'll tell you why, because they don't want to give something up. And if you're not willing to give something up, you can't have a new beginning. So did you do some, some things in the past year you wish you hadn't done? I want you to know that year's over now. You got a few hours, and you can leave them all behind, and you can start fresh from it. I, I love that about New Year's. I like it. Man, I, I like Anna Green Gables, and I like when they're walking down the lane, her and her teacher, and she says, and you do know that something about tomorrow, everything is fresh and new. And I think, you go, girl. I, I like that. I like that. And you know what? We're ending 2019, and guess what? <laughs> Everything's fresh and new if you want it to be. You're going to have to leave some things behind, though, but you have the opportunity to have it fresh and new. Hey, are there some things that you wanted to do but you never got around to? Well, it's the beginning of a whole new year. You have a chance to do those things that are so important and so valuable to you. You got that chance. Maybe you didn't do some of the things you wanted to do. Guess what? It's a new year, a new beginning. Well, it's wonderful. I read a statement that goes like this, and I'm going to finish real soon. I really am. Here's how it says. This is really a great statement. I just want to share it. It says, stop regretting and start repenting. Stop regretting and start repenting. Do you know what repentance demands? A change. You want to know why most people don't repent? Because they don't want to change. They regret the situation they find themselves in. They may even regret how they got there. They may even regret what they did to some degree, but they're not regretted enough to change. Stop regretting and start repenting. If you didn't do what you wanted to do, you didn't accomplish what you wanted to, or you did do some things you wish you wouldn't have done, then start repenting of it. Change that thing. Man, just go ahead and have a new beginning. But remember, you're going to have to get rid of something. That's how it works. But I'll tell you what, you're always better off to get rid of that so that you can have something better. It'll be okay. I end with this. Someone once observed that a wasted life is really nothing more than a collection of wasted days. As God gives us life, each one of us starts the new year with the same number of opportunities, 365, that we can choose to either use and invest in eternal things or allow to drift by without taking advantage of the gift we have been given. The difference between those who succeed and those who fail is not found primarily in talent, but in diligence and effort. Aren't you glad it's not all about talent? You know what? I watch talent kill people all the time in the ministry. If there's one thing that will destroy us in the ministry, it's a talents. It's ability without God. To be able to do things without his help will wreck and ruin your ministry. It will wreck and ruin your life. Boy, we got to humble ourselves. If you have any abilities at all, you better humble yourself because those abilities will destroy you. A new beginning, that's what's needed. But remember, with every new beginning comes a change. Some things just have to go if the new is to survive.
tonight as we end 2019, I want to challenge you to look in your life, to search your soul and to, to assess your life, your ministry, your family, your marriage, your parenting, everything, and ask yourself, am I in need of some new beginnings? Are there some things that need to go so that I can embrace some new things that make me, my family, and those around me better for God? Father, we come to you. We thank you again for the simplicity of your word.